Key Ideas, and I'm your host, Leela Viss. This podcast contemplates the rhythm of life as a piano teacher and music maker. Through illuminating interviews and transparent reflections, you'll feel validated, encouraged, and empowered. This is episode number 52. Today, I'm back with Charlene Chelsea Jarvis, and we talk Halloween music. You'll learn that we have completely different backgrounds and perspectives when it comes to Halloween. In fact, although I snuck out to trick-or-treat a couple of times, my parents usually turned off the lights, and we'd hang out in the back of the house so trick-or-treaters would walk right past our house. Our three sons were totally into Halloween. It was almost like a holiday to them as they tipped their pillowcases full of candy onto the floor to count each piece. Finding just the right costume, the scarier the better, to their mother's displeasure, was essential to the success of the evening. And so I approach my students with choices when it comes to Halloween. If they're all in, then we shop for a sweet piece. And if they aren't big Halloween fans, we may choose a minor or a fall-themed piece. Perhaps you fall somewhere in the middle like I do with Halloween, and you know some students adore it. Tune in so you can treat your students to just the right piece. Good morning, Charlene. Great to see you and hear you. You too, Leela. It's always a pleasure. Here we are at a new Repertoire Roundup, and... I thought, we thought it would be fun to dig into Halloween. Now, personally, I grew up not really doing the whole Halloween thing. And then I have some students who are totally into it. And then some of them, like me, are really not into it. But I figure this is a really good topic because kids do like to play in minor. So even if they're not into Halloween, this is a great time to introduce the minor sound, right? But we are going to focus on specific Halloween pieces. What about you in your studio? Oh, we love Halloween. And, you know, I grew up um, not doing anything musically speaking for Halloween, but dressing up for Halloween is just the bomb. And I like to do that kind of stuff anyway. So anytime I can put a costume on and be silly, I'm... (laughs) over it but i find um my students all compose or do something fun for halloween um because it's just a great time to um explore those ideas it just makes it easy to do that so let's talk about that a minute so what do you do you they always create their own halloween piece yes they do and i've talked about that before but this year since we are doing our big ensemble concert early or than normal um, they are going to have the option to choose a folk tune or a fairy tale if they don't want to compose their own piece and then just put it in a minor key and then um, arrange that. So it gives them kind of a head start. I have a, a list that I created of folk tunes, and then I'll just give them a, a list of tools like repetition sequence, um, augmentation, diminution that they have to include in, a, in their folk tell tune and then they can arrange it however they choose and then i'll like that you give them specific ingredients like that that's neat it makes their life so much easier and i give them an assignment each week so it's manageable like the first week they have to have their melody written the second week um you know have you have to add something but they have to do something each week for like four or five weeks so it's not overwhelming and hard right and then it the first week of october because guess what 
it takes them a while to practice it because just because you can write it out on the stuff doesn't mean you can actually play it. So they have to take a while to learn how to practice it and get a performance ready for the recital. So, and I do something similar and I haven't done it for a while. So I think I'm going to pull it out again this year. It's called uh, put a twist on twinkle. And so everyone takes twinkle, twinkle, little star. And then I have a catalog of kind of creepy ideas or, you know, I, you know what, it doesn't take much to make something like an open fifth sound a little bit more creepy by making it a diminished fifth, right? And so that's what is kind of fun is they all take the same tune, but it sounds completely different. Yep, that's great. But now let's go on to other people's music because of course, that's what we're looking for is we need to find that repertoire that hooks the kids and they want to come and play and um, stick with it and then have it ready for Halloween, which it comes by really quickly, doesn't it? All of a sudden it's October 31. Um, you start soon. I have not started. I probably won't start till beginning of September. So I got to have my Halloween pieces up and running. But let's give teachers a nice list here. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about our parameters. We're going to give a list of uh, our favorite um, solos and some ensembles as well. So I have four parameters for choosing a piece for a special occasion like Halloween, and they all start with an A, and then you have four parameters for ensembles that all start with an E. So here are my four A's for choosing a solo piece. First of all, it must be appealing, and that means it must be chosen and adored by the pianist. So what I usually do is I have a Oh, a pile for students to choose from. And then they either give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And it's hard for them sometimes. And then they listen to the next one. Would you like that one better than the other? But by through that process, I've selected what I think will be good for them. But also they have chosen. So it's their piece and they you know they're going to like it. And I think if they like it, they'll practice it. Then accessible. It has to be, it has to have a clear form and there has to be patterns in it so that I can get them playing it quickly by teaching it by rote. And um, yes, they will read it as well, but I want it to them to go home the first day feeling prepared or feeling confident that they can play this piece. And I think giving them a boost by teaching it by rote really helps. And then it must be achievable. It has to be performance ready by that deadline of October 31. And so it, it can't be too hard. It just, you know, and that's what I tell them. Look, we're not looking for the hardest thing. We're looking for something fun that you can pick up in a few months and have a good time with it. And then if there, sometimes we can make it wrong choice. And so my, I favor a, a bridge over a board, meaning I'd rather take something out, make it simple, throw out a section that seems a little bit too hard, uh, rather than saying, oh, I'm sorry, we can't do this one. We got to find a new one. So those are my four A's for choosing solos. Charlie, those are all great. And um, I appreciate um, all of those, especially the achievable part, because seriously, I so many times, um, you know, the kids want to do things that are just too hard <laughs> and it's no, nobody wants to get up and not be prepared. You mm -hmm. know, they just don't. So here's my four E's for um, choosing ensemble music. The first thing is um, similar to your appealing. Your piece has to have lots of energy. Even if it's a lyrical piece, it has to have that element of energy that 
the student has that spark of, oh, I just love it. And they have to, um, they have to choose it themselves. If they don't have that um, element of choice, forget about it because they're not going to want to play it. Um, the second part is uh, equal part. Both of uh, the secondo and primo need to have the opportunity to play the melody because nobody wants to be doing boom, chuck, boom, chuck, boom, chuck the whole time. Um, unless you're the teacher and you're just the accompaniment. But I mean, really, nobody just wants to have that boring part. Um, the third E is ease. You know, when you're doing, um, when you are playing with somebody else, you need to choose something a little bit easier because there's so many other factors you have to figure in. You have to listen for the melody. If you're playing with lots of people, you have to learn how to follow a conductor, which pianists are so bad at doing. They just don't know that. <laughs> um, and learning, just learning how to, you know, share a bench with somebody, you know, figuring, oh my gosh, you might touch somebody's hand. And that can be really traumatic as a kid, you know, that, that whole thing, learning how to, you know, be in somebody's space. So it's just better to choose something a little bit easier so you can manage all those other things on top of that. And then the last fourth um, thing is E for excellence. That final product really needs to be excellent. Nobody wants to put out something that's not good. So make sure you've got something that you can um, put extra things in to make it good. Those fermatas and uh, dynamics so that the players can have a really excellent performance. And so often those fermatas just save you. You know, you might get off just a little bit, but you can have a fermata that you can stop and get back together again. So finding a piece that has some good stop points um, can really help get you to that extra E for excellence. So those are my four E's. I never thought about how important a fermata could be, but you're absolutely right. Because yeah, if things crash and burn, you know, somebody's going to get to that fermata maybe before the other person, but then yes, hopefully they'll wait for the other person. <laughs> and you just have to wait. It's, they're like, they're, they're like a gift, actually. They're really terrific. So there you go. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Now, I just want to explain to the listeners what they're going to be hearing and what they get with this episode, because the, they're going to hear samples of us playing our favorite Halloween solos, some of our favorite Halloween solos. I mean, th th this was a really hard list to curate because there's so many out there. And then uh, what they get with this is a download of all the links to the sheet music. And most of the time we've supplied a video so they can listen to the whole piece, which is really a nice treat. So we're just giving our listeners just a little bit of a, a snippet of what they're going, what they can expect from the piece. And so hopefully the sound will be okay. This, we are doing a workaround today. I'll just admit I, I planned on doing this a little bit differently, but we are on Zoom. So you know how Zoom can be just a little bit of zooming in and out. So that's what we're going to be doing today. But thank you, Charlene, for putting up with this. And we're, so we're both at our pianos. And Charlene, you are kicking us off. We are going to start with the early elementary levels, and then we're going to work our way up. And wouldn't you know, the very, the very first piece that you have is called Zoom Zoom Witches Room. How appropriate. I love this. This is one of my faves. I've used it for many years. I love this piece because you can teach this to a student who starts in September and they can play this. You can teach it by rote. It starts all around um, an A minor chord 
and you're only playing A, E, and middle middle C. <laughs> Students can play the pedal um, if they want. It has a cute duet that you can play with it. I let my students play duets with the music. So if they're afraid to play this on the recital without the music, no big deal. You, oh, it's your first recital, great. Here's the music, I'll play it with you so they're not afraid to do it. They can dress in, my, I let my kids dress in costumes so they can even dress as a witch or a warlock, whatever. And um, just super, super cute. And I, what I love at the end is the witch flies high up the keyboard um, while she flies away. So it's just an adorable um, little easy rope piece by uh, Nancy Faber. Next is the Candy Nabber. Oh, another early elementary piece, Wendy Stevens, another A minor piece. It's got another great teacher duet part. Um, I love the, um, the lyrics are excellent because it's all about your parents stealing the treats and they get to um, knock on the, the fall board, which is excellent. It's a little trickier than the Zoom Zoom Witch's Broom. But um, again, you could probably teach this piece um, your very first, you know, a student who is a brand new, brand new beginner. So this is adorable. Okay, Leah, you get the next one. Yes. And I forgot to add to our list, but I will do that, is A Scream and Halloween, another one by Wendy Stevens. And once upon a time on a gloomy, dark night, I heard a scream. And then you have to scream high up on the keys. So I think that's what's fun about her pieces, because when you're a beginner, it you know, it, it's hard to play too many keys. But when you get to reach up or reach down and play something scary, and then I think words are really important. Well, they are to certain students, like it, it's all about the lyrics. And this one has adorable lyrics. So Scream on Halloween. And then the, the next one I was going to talk about is Detective Wombat Blues. Now, this is not necessarily a Halloween piece, but I love students to create new titles, you know, like, okay, if you want to kind of come up with a new one. And this one has that walking bass and it feels good beneath the hands because it's white, black, black, white. And then I like to add little words. So the words are wombat peeking through the bushes, but just adding some fun lyrics so that they get the rhythm that one has a nice big glissando oh it has a really cool chord at the end and then with a glissando so that's awesome you know i had a student learn a piece about a wombat a funny story um, we did not know what a wombat was so we looked it up you know it was not what we either imagined we're like oh that is not what we thought it was it was kind of one of those great learning experiences isn't the internet the best yeah one, it looks cute in the book here that I have, and this is also, it's in pattern pieces, level one, but there also is sheet music now to it, and that is by uh, Julie Nair, Nair at Piano Safari. Those are great. Ooh, um, okay, Halloween at its best. This is a terrific collection. There's so many great pieces in this um, collection, and... The one I picked out was um, A Frightful Night. Did you have one that you wanted to present in here too? Listen, this is, let's just pause a minute because 
I, th I thought I had all three of these books because there's books one, two, and three in my studio. And no, 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 they're all gone because I gave them away. And I did not write it down that I needed to reorder them. So here's a little tip at the end of your Halloween festivities, make sure you write down which, what you need to reorder and then just do it right then and there. I mean, I'm learning. It's taken me 30 some years, but I'm, you know, <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah, I, I have a big order coming actually this week from uh, Sheet Music Plus of all kinds of fun things. Okay, here's a Frightful Night that's in the book one by Mary Leaf. It's uh, got some really cute lyrics. Halloween is surely coming, lots of articulation. So this is, um, we've classified this as early elementary, but it's, I would say it's closer to a level one for sure because it's got lots of staccatos and slurs in there. They'd have to be pretty good readers. <laughs> And then it later moves on to, um, and then you get to move up an octave higher. I'm really high at the end. Very cute, um, cute piece. And also in that collection, um, Halloween comes once a year. Pretty much everything in this collection is is excellent. And there's various um, really nice authors in here. Two, three, four, five, nine uh, different compositions in this book. So. I kind of like these um, composition collections because you have so many choices and they're all very good. I do too. And they're all generally about the same level. So you can just page through, okay, which one's your favorite? And usually they find three in one book, you know, which is nice because if they learn one, they can learn another. Correct. Okay. Yes. Thank you. So thank you for sharing that book since I don't have mine. Now, another one that I don't have the book in front of me, but it, because I teach it so many times, <laughs> I'm, I can pretty much play it from memory, but it's called Shadows at Dusk. And it basically follows the heart and soul pattern but it's in minor instead it goes to the A flat, which is really kind of a fun thing. But I, I have the video that I have connected with this piece is one of my students who I love it when they start getting creative. And so she came back and she did some amazingly new things to this. So it's, it's one of those pieces that lends itself to adding new things and getting creative for some reason. I don't know, but kids love this piece. I don't, I don't know why, but they just keep playing it and then they start adding new things to it. So that's fun. Okay. Looks like Leela, we're on to oh. elementary level to skeleton in my closet. Yes. Now this is by Winan Rossi. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's cute. You know, well, I had a student that just went bananas over this because she loved the lyrics so much. It was all about the lyrics. And it sounds like this. And then it has a little bit. a teacher duet okay so you can hear how cute that is right you know you just without the lyrics it's fun already but the lyrics is what cracked her or what cracked her up because uh there is a skeleton in my closet chattering cl clattering um what is it all the day i'm sorry it's kind of blurry because um, i've got a, a copy of it and then what happens is that part here 
the skeleton is saying, open up the closet, let me out, it's messy in here. And I think what she thought was so funny is because her closet is a mess. And so she kept thinking about the skeleton in her closet. So, so anyway, it's, you know, sometimes it really takes a clever piece because some of our students are just really super clever and have overabundance of imagination. I agree. I agree. All right. We're still on that skeleton train. Oh, yes. The sneaky skeleton, which... I don't think I have the sheet music to that, but I included that on there because that was another one that I taught to an early, you know, maybe he was in fourth grade. He was just starting, but he loved that piece and I taught it to him all by rote. So I don't have a copy of that, but I do have a video of him playing that. And so that one was really accessible for him and it, he really liked it. Oh, that's so great. Now, I don't know Shadow March through oh, the yeah. window. So that is from Chi Watan, and that is from a book called Through the Window Pane, and it's based on A Child's Garden of Verses by Robert Louis Stevenson. And so there's one poem called Shadow March, and there's some really cool little illustrations about, you know, walking up the stairs and seeing some shadows and all that kind of stuff. But this one is an excellent one for teaching by rote, and it's nice and low. <laughs> get an idea you know it's sneaky it's kind of footsteps and then yeah it ends and i think it's supposed to be even down an octave yet so really low and scary oh i love it i love it you know that reminds me that there's so many times that um i find creepy or spooky pieces that aren't even in halloween books that are all mixed up in other things that i find during the year i'm sure you do too and I just try to mark them in my other library and pull them out if I remember <laughs> and, and pull them out for other things or take classical pieces and say, oh, this is this is pretty creepy. You know, you can just play this A minor waltz, this Chopin A minor waltz and have this one work just fine for the recital, you know, because it doesn't have to be a specific Halloween piece and you can just change the title and have that work just fine. Correct. Like uh, Berg Mueller's Blood. Um, oh, yes. That one. And what I usually do is I put a little post-it and put H on anything that, oh, that might be a Halloween thing. So then I can find it in my library. I know you have a filing cabinet. I have like magazine holders. So you do things a little bit differently than, but you have a filing cabinet just for Halloween music, correct? That's correct. Isn't it so great that we all do different things? Yes. Because we all teach in different places. I just think, uh, you know, there's te some teachers travel teach and have to carry things with them everywhere. And then there's others that have, you know, um, a studio space where they have like an office place, you know, and then me, I have, I have like my dining room is my studio and I've turned my whole dining room <laughs> and my poor husband, Troy, my students basically take over my whole house because they come in my back door and they, they hang out in my family room area and then they come in the living room when it's time for their lesson and then they have their lesson in the in the dining room but since i don't have any kids at home anymore yeah. you know and they're just my family anyway you know he's and they all love troy so and troy's just you know 
good thing they all love and he loves them too but you know they just take over right oh i know well i have an entry right from my garage into my studio so pretty much i'm yes i take over one i call it one wing and one level of the house because it's not like we have that big of a house but we have all these different levels and that's one reason why we bought the house is because of that you know so um i mine is a little different situation but i know it's it's one of those things where yeah you know they do become your family and walk on in please do not ring the doorbell just walk in right and isn't that why well the, the, the things we learn this is why you choose very carefully who your clients are yes right because you want a nice family <laughs> you just choose carefully and because they're going to stay with you for a long time okay so the next one we have to talk about is um Halloween favorites book one and this is another great collection this is published by Alfred and um it's an elementary level one and here's um Black Cat's Waltzing Dennis Alexander piece um I love it his description frighteningly fast so I had this darling student that would come her whole first two years she would wear um, little kitty um, headbands because she loved cats so much. So she played this at the recital. And then it's got a darling duet. So this is very, this is cute. So she, of course, she dressed like um, a cat when she played that one. And then in this collection also has creepy, creaky sounds by Martha, Martha Meir. And you get to play as slow as you want. I like to teach my students sometimes slow is better. Builds all that anticipation. Anyway, there's so many options. Basically, every piece in this book is superb. Okay, gets- Charlene, that was such a good lesson just now because like I couldn't wait to hear what was going on next you were captivating your audience by playing it so slow and a little bit out of sync right it, there wasn't that steady beat you're like what's gonna happen next well I have some advanced students who learned that last year and they they learned all about anticipation and they learned to really wait wait for it and they would hold their fermatas just a little bit longer. And everybody could not wait to see what was coming. And it was like, oh my gosh, you have, do you know you have the power? You are making everybody wait for you. It was awesome. Yes, you have them in your fingers. They're on the edge of their seat, wondering what's coming next. So great. Okay, you are next, Leela. What are you going to show us? Well, I'm going to go, I'm going to jump... First, I was supposed to do Cool Cats, but I'm going to do Halloween Favorites book two. So that is following up. You just talked about book one, and then there's a book two. And I have not taught this one forever, but I I know I had students who love this one. So I'm so excited to have it back. It's interesting how you find, you know, now pieces are in new collections, right? You're like, oh, yeah, I remember teaching that one. So that's the other lesson that I've learned is if I like a piece, write it down and order it again, because otherwise it leaves me and then I don't see it again. So this one is called The Pumpkin Boogie by Dennis Alexander as well. And it has that James Bond left-hand pattern. And then um, the words, have you ever seen a pumpkin do the boogie? Have you ever seen a goblin chase a bat? 
So yeah, you know, like I don't know. They just it just fits and um so really fun and then the beginning starts so using that c minor scale but just lots of fun rhythms and um that left hand you can't beat that left hand and this book also has scary larry in it Oh, Scary Larry. Oh, Scary Larry. Yeah, they love that one. The words are so funny. Scary Larry lives in a haunted house. Um, down at the end of my street. No one's seen him, but they, let's see, no one's seen him, but they say his beard goes right down to his feet. Uh, it's kind of funny. And everyone's scared of Larry. And he just might be in his dreams. If he's not, then I'll scream. But now, wait a minute. What book is that? Because number one, yes, I had a student that just went bananas over the lyrics on that one. See, that's Halloween at its best. I was talking about this is Halloween favorites book two. See oh. that? I know. Yes. Sorry, we were look, talking about two different things. So, sorry. And it's best book two. Sorry, we were both talking about books two, book two, different series. So sorry. Yes, but that's okay. But I know it's there's a lot of them out there. But don't worry, we have them all linked correctly for our listeners. But yes, you can't go wrong with any of these collections because they're going to be the best of the best. Um, so one other one that I had on my list uh, for, let's see, we're still at the elementary level. We're getting into, yes, elementary. And this one is called Cool Cats by Melody Bober. And this, again, is not in a Halloween book. It's called uh, From Her Perfect Ten, book two. Ooh, I don't have this one. Oh, this one is a hit with so many students. <laughs> And then the mid the middle section. So yeah, just lots of action. It's it's a perfect Halloween piece. And it's you know, it's kind of nice if people don't really want to do Halloween, but it still has kind of that same flair, but it's minor, it has crossovers, it really gives that kinesthetic feel that kids love. So yeah, it's a winner. Oh, that's nice. Okay, I have um the zombie song. This is Jeremy Siskind. This is some sheet music. Um, zombies seem to be really the thing lately. Mm -hmm. Walking Dead. Um, not that your kids are old enough to watch that, but if you have teenagers. This is an elementary, probably I would say late elementary. It's an A minor. Um, the lyrics are pretty funny. I was down, but now I rise. I was still, but now I'm swift alert my eyes awake my eyes i was dead but now i live so it's kind of you know talking like you're really a zombie i think it's like a perfect song for somebody who's like a pre preteen you know that happened. 
cool chord. There's that tritone. And here it is that tritone again. And you can really work on some voicing too, working on bringing out the melody in your left hand and then the right hand. Um, and the end, we've got those tritones. Um, I, I, I love it. I think this is, and it's great. And the cover is kind of awesome too. Oh, cute. And what a great teaching moment. You know, why does that sound creepy? It's because it's not an open fifth. It's a diminished one, right? You know, I, I love, and I know you do too. We both love theory and then applying the theory, right? To what they're doing, because now they can take that to their Halloween compositions. Yes, that devil's interval. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, we're on to Trick or Treaters March. Oh, this is an oldie goldie. Now, I've, this is some sheet music. Um, this is a Robert Vandal piece. And I love this because it's got a, a cool trick in it, believe it or not. It's in G major. So it's just in a G major five finger pattern, but they play the whole thing in um, just a re regular position. Then they go up an octave higher. Um, Hear that trick or treating. Then they get to cross over and play the right hand over the left hand, which is such a cool trick. So my right hand's playing in the bass clef, which the kids think that's a pretty awesome thing, and they can hear that cool melody. So there's cool hand crossing things that kids don't get to do very often. So I like that a lot. Can't beat Robert Vandal, that's for sure. No, he's pretty terrific. Okay, so, oh, next, the next two on the list are uh, Martin Neal. He's really terrific. So he's um, a composer from the UK. He's very kind and generous, and he is giving his music away. I mean, he's very generous. You can download his music for free. Um, he'll even write music for you for a, a, like a 20, 20, um, not a 20 pound donation to cancer research and he'll, he'll do donate music. I mean, he'll write something for you, wow. but he's got some very cute um, pieces. This one's cauldron bubbles. Um, and um, all of the videos that he has on his website are him playing. So my cute little student did a creative project of him and it got to interview him. He's just the, he's just a very nice person. Aww. So that's bubbles. And then the next one um, of his is dancing bones. Um, this one's great too. Sorry. I did that major. So lots of chromatics in there. They're getting a little trickier. I would say this one is um, starting to get early um, intermediate and you can go as fast as you want. This one says as fast as your bones will let you. My students have really liked his pieces. I will let them go. I'll just invite them to go shopping here. Go check out level three level and then pick one, you know, and they've had just a lot of fun. 
just know that their leveling is different from that in the United States because level one in the UK is not the United States level one. It's more like a level two to level three. I would agree. Yes. Um, in the middle of this one, you cut, they've got these big, big, um, you can grab that whole cluster in your hand. And my if you teach your students to, to grab that whole thing with one hand and block it, it's really easy to do. But um, it looks scarier than it is, but it's a pretty cool piece. Thank so, you. And you well. also have Halloween at its best, another book that I have to order. And I don't, have you taught out of that one? I know that my students have liked Flight of the Witches and Cool Ghouls. But yes. And you know what? I do have that. You know what? I don't know where it is. I'm so sorry. Okay. Well, that's okay. We've got videos and we've got a link to the book, but that's definitely one to consider because that's the third book of Halloween at its best. And we've already talked about books one and two. I have another, oh, I have a gorgeous um, solo that by Kevin Olson called Haunted Hollow that every one of my teenagers that plays this one loves it, even the boys. It's really beautiful. Isn't that pretty? Ah. Lovely. Mm. Love it. So, yes. Solo music by Kevin Olson. Um, oh, vampire challenge. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. The vampire challenge. Now, have you played, have you done Barbara Aaron's any of, have you seen her things before? I think I have one of her books, but I have not done a lot with them. She is so clever. So all, most of her materials, she lets the students be creative and do some things. Um, and I just love this book. This book um, says the vampire challenge and it's Count Dracula's piano book. So Count Dracula has written all the way through this one. And this first title is, is called Just Me and My Coffin. And so the title says, I leave the tempo entirely to you. And Count Dracula is supposedly the, the composer. And then it says, always kindly be so good as to play the whole left hand part an octave lower. And you might consider playing the right pedal with every left hand beat. Please note my beautiful manners. It's a, <laughs> I know, isn't that funny? And so it's, you can go as slow as you want. And the, the lyrics are just me and my coffin. It's got some, the other lyrics, I lie in my coffin. What more could anyone crave? And there's some really clever 
more lyrics in there that are super funny. Um, the next one, vegan vampire goes very fast. And the, um, this is without pedal. Don't even think about touching the pedal. <laughs> and, um, and then you get to clap or stomp your foot. And then down. Isn't that great? Just very um. fun, cool things. And then this next piece, a face so pale and teeth so red. So this is a lullaby that apparently her nanny used to sing to her. But it's a really lovely, um, slow piece. And linked with this one is um, the entire book with the composer playing all the pieces. So it's really a treat. And every piece in here is really great. She's got some cool things in here. One of them, the vampire vaults, you get to flutter like a bat. I mean, it's really a terrific collection. I kind of love all the pieces in there. Thank you, because I love to explore new composers. And I could see that one really being an interesting one to take a look at. Mm. And she has that you can purchase this on, um, you can get the book on Amazon and it's not very expensive. And I know she has a lot of her things you can get digitally as well. I like books because I find, I, you know, the pages go flying everywhere off my piano. I just like to have a book, but I know a lot of you like the digital copies as well. And most of these things you can get digitally too. Which is so. nice. I forget about my digital library, you know, me too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know. Okay. Let's, uh, let's do one more. The creeps by Jason Sifford. And then we're going to take a small break. Okay. Here is the creeps. Oh my gosh, Jason. Um, this book, this book is great. There's some really creepy, creepy, like slow pieces. Darkness falls, I think is super lovely. So I really enjoyed this one. And then Transylvania. So it, go, it starts very, very kind of slow um, and loud. So you've got your big dramatic entrance. And then you get to do this next part. So it's, it's funny, but big drama and then a slower section. So, and he's got all kinds of cool pieces. He's got a whole creep section. There's a, there's a one, um, there's imp. There's one about a minotaur. And I think there's a spider one too. Oh, the arachnophobia. So you've got several levels mixed in here. I've had, um, I've had more advanced students play some of these and I've had some level three, level four kids that were kind of a stretch play some too. So it's a nice collection. I have that collection as well. And my students have really liked that 
too. And I think it's an, again, it's a nice option for when students aren't really into the Halloween, but you still want to give them something minor, you know, and, and they're fine with, yeah, sometimes things are creepy, whatever. Um, so thank you, Charlene. We're going to take a, a short break and then we will be right back. Before we jump into more cream of the crop Halloween music, I want to let you know I just updated a resource I call Twinkle with a Twist. It gives step-by-step instructions on how to cast a spell on Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. The catalog of suggestions invites you and your pianist to change up the tune and echo the spirit, pun intended, of the Halloween season. With just a few sneaky changes, your students can create a Twinkle Twinkle Creepy Star or Twinkle Twinkle Spooky Moon. Like I said, I just updated the resource, and now it comes with what I call Twinkle Treat, too. (laughs) This new edition primes the pump for creativity as it challenges pianists to transpose the tune in every key and provides oodles of left-hand patterns and ideas for changing up the melody as they transpose. After messing with Twinkle in so many keys and styles, your pianist will be prepared and open to putting a creepy twist on the tune. Twinkle with a twist provides a sneak peek into the elements that our favorite composers use to create tunes with a Halloween vibe. Give your pianist permission to move away from the page and give them the confidence to dabble in creating a creepy piece. I realize that some pianists may not tune into this approach and may shy away from improvisation. Twinkle with a Twist provides pianists with a systematic stray from the page. It will keep them from the paralyzing fear that most page-only players experience away from the score as they grow older. Someday, they will thank you. One more thing. If you've got beginners, demonstrate ideas from the catalog of suggestions and let them create a duet with you. They'll get a taste of creativity without getting hung up on the technical difficulties. Twinkle with a Twist with the new edition of Twinkle Treat is on sale through October 31st, 2022, so make sure to grab it before then. Now back to my conversation with Charlene. We are back, and Charlene, we're going to head into intermediate level Halloween or minor solos, and you have one called The Clumsy Ghost by Daniel Light. Tell us about it. Okay, so I met Daniel at um, an NCKP conference. We were exhibiting across from each other. He's just delightful, and he has lots of solo pieces that I enjoy, but I really love this Clumsy Ghost for a number of reasons. So um, you play this with a ghoulish swing. And what I love about it, the title Clumsy Ghost, if you make a mistake like I just did, you can completely cover it up and say I'm clumsy. <laughs> and I always tell my students the same thing. This just gives you the ability to mess up and you can just say, hey, I'm clumsy. It was written that way. And then there's lots of patterns in here. You've got a C major arpeggio. And then you've got B flat minor. And then it goes back to that same pattern. Which it's nice. It's very pattern based. So it's very easy to teach. But it gives them that cool little out of 
yay, you know, he's clumsy. So if they make a mistake, it gives them that ability to feel like they don't have to be perfect. And it sounds a little whimsical, which some people don't want to go so dark, right? They want to be a little bit more lighthearted. So that's a good one for that. All right, I'm going to pull out two from the archives almost because both of these next two are by Walter and Carol Nuna. And for some reason, I still have some of their books. I don't even know how I got them, but they have some winning pieces. And one of them is called Halloween. Now, what's really neat is that I didn't know this, but because I have an old copy of it, which I have now um, done what Charlene does and laminate and do all that kind of stuff with it. But this is a very old copy of their piece called Halloween. You can now get it as a digital download at Sheet Music Plus, which is huge. I love it. I love that fact. And what's cool about this one is it's in 6-8 time, it has inverted cords, and it feels good underneath the hands. It's full of patterns. So, and it's got words as well. So that's Halloween. And then the words are look in the mirror and send me around. Who am I now? What's coming down? Whisper a secret while casting a spell. Mumble the chant that you know oh so well. And then there's a nice little pattern. So the melody. just that fun sound to it it feels good and then there's pedal so it sounds really big and then there's this middle section with lots of inverted chords but they're all the same inversion so again it's manageable but it sounds big and impressive Ooh, I love and then the next one again is not or this one is not Halloween like the other one is it's called Ride of the Mast Bandito but it has so much flair and it's minors that I just thought I needed to add it in and man this is a student pleaser especially for someone who loves the drama of it so it starts red cape <laughs> okay so that's the intro and then we get you know here's about my, my I, i'm sure you do this too but for my halloween recitals my students dress up in costume and if they match their piece to their costume i always give an award for the best costume piece match and i i um i usually get a friend that doesn't know my students <laughs> we have a couple that we do things with that are from canada and they just don't know my students yeah. so <laughs> they come in and they don't they're not biased and then they they choose awards which is great because i'm biased you know <laughs> and they always pick Maybe that I don't, but um, that would be great. Can't you just see a cute little kid with that mask on? And oh, so fun. Okay. You know who I see every time I play this piece is Antonio Banderas from The Mask of Zorro. (laughs) 
don't. So yeah, I, I have a little preference to this piece, but it, it is so fun. And there's so much repetition and the left hand has the melody. I mean, there's just so many good things about it. So definitely a winner. Love it. Okay, I have The Haunted Tree by William Gillick. Uh, I actually happen to have um, a version that is um, some sheet music that I've laminated. Um, and you can probably get this still as sheet music or even in the Gillick collection. Uh, this is a wonderful piece. It's definitely intermediate um, or early advanced, depending on how fast you want to play it. So the, the left hand has the melody most of the time. <laughs> a really great opportunity to teach voicing in that melody and working on really quick 16th notes but the hardest part is when the right hand gets the melody and then they have to work on voicing working on inner voicing where they have to sustain the top note and then play the um, other fingers quieter and for most of my students this is the first time they've encountered that and they're like what wait in one hand I have to Play one note louder and the other one softer. Yeah. And that's um, always kind of a fun uh, new experience for them. But then it sounds sounds quite amazing. So a nice piece. Lots of articulation and um, it sounds really pretty cool. Well, it introduces them to the classical side of playing, right? You know, and it's what enveloped in a cool haunted sounding piece. So cool. Okay, so um, the next book I found is Tricks and Treats, uh, Whimsically Macabre Solos. Now, Stacey Farian is from your neck of the woods, but I actually found her when I went to Minnesota to teach a, um, a TCW workshop, and she'd just been there doing, um, giving one prior, like a week before I was, and all this music was there since I love Halloween. And I don't have very much intermediate to more advanced pieces. I just bought her books and I came home and played them. And I'm telling you, these things, pretty much everything in her books are amazing. So I wanted to um, show you a few of them. So we'll do the first one is Too Much Sugar Blues. And yes, we have a little confession here. Charlene is not going to jump in and play for us today. <laughs> No, I am not. So, so the these last few, uh, these would require me practicing them a bunch, and I'm just not going to do that. So, here's too much sugar blues, and here is a recording of state. crooked corners she turns with her melody right yes and i love her recordings are all done kind of on a twangy old honky-tonk piano <laughs> it's even more of a creepy creepy feel and you know the title too much sugar it just feels like yeah i'm like i'm like a little bit you know i've got a sugar 
coma going on. And it tells you your tempo, a lethargic swing, which I think is pretty funny. Um, it does make me feel a little nauseous just listening to it in a good way, right? <laughs> now, the next one you were going to play, I'm going to do one in between. It's Five Feisty Witches. And I had a student play this last year, but it's in 5-8, which I think is kind of kind of awesome. It's really fast and it's awesome to teach in one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, three. And it's one of those that you can teach really quick. I had a teenager learn it in like two weeks and she thought it was awesome. She dressed like a, a witch and she was able to pull it off in a short time frame because she couldn't learn the harder piece that she wanted to faster. Okay. So I save her. <laughs> well, and I love the difference in meters you know that can really challenge a student and it helps them appreciate meter again you know they're so used to four four or sometimes three four so it's fun to throw in a new one i agree okay and boogeyman blues this one um is a swinging pretty fast one um this one well let's just hear what it sounds like they've got to know some pretty good fingering in order to pull this one off okay here it goes in some ways, even though the left hand is doing that same pattern over and over, it's not an easy pattern to pull off. Oh no, they, it's, it's pretty complicated. And in order to pull it off that fast tempo, it takes a lot of practice. That's a, that's a pretty fun piece. So that's a definite winner of the whole book. I liked all of the pieces that are in there. Um, so the next one that I think is amazing is um, Wizard Fantasy, another Mary Leaf. Every student that's played this one adores this piece. It's very Harry Potter-ish sounding to me. Um, kind of a kind of a fast, um, swirly kind of a piece. I agree. Yes, I've had students play this as well. There's some tricky parts to it because she throws in some surprises quite often. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely has that Harry Potter sound. Okay, here it goes. Yeah, lots of hand crossing in that one. And then 
right as you were ending it is when she starts doing like these hemiolas where it's um, the rhythms are um, a little disjointed in there, which I think is super fun. And okay. just so our listeners know, all of these videos are linked in our marvelous handout that we're providing to you. It's a very well-organized handout, and that's what we're reading from. And you get to see Mary Leaf play it in person. And man, she's quite the pianist. So super fun. Okay, so Ghost of the Fly is another um, Stacey Farian piece. Um, oh my gosh, I had a young man play this. And <laughs> it is super tricky. You've got three against four, and he had the hardest time trying to play most of it quiet and pulling off um, all these tricky rhythms. But it's it's very it's a very cool piece. So let's hear that one. Okay. Yes, I think she dreams up new traps for us to get caught in, doesn't she? <laughs> right, and yeah, I don't know, the ghost of the fly. I mean, I mean, who, I don't know. That's that's quite descriptive. Who likes eyes creepy? And then uh, spider in the teapot. Okay, this one's pretty great too. The hardest part, I believe, is, you know, like the third line in, they have these big leaps in the left hand. So not only do you get to go fairly quickly, you have to do these big jumps. So this one's kind of fun too. Spider in the teeth. patterns you know all sudden and, and they all seem to flow together really nicely but yeah lots of variety wow so that this book is lullabies for arachnophobes <laughs> okay well that yes that's an interesting name that's yeah she, wow she has quite the mindset there's something spooky about it and man does it come out in her music which is really fun Right. And her music is all available. Um, all of the recordings online for examples are um, Stacy playing them. So that's great. And her channel is named Whimsically Macabre, right? Is it, did I oh, say yeah. that? 
whimsically macabre. Macabre. Yes. Thank you. It looks like macabre. So that it would does. be. Yes. Yeah. That's one of those really weird words, right? Which English. means what? Macabre. Doesn't macabre, it? Like, macabre is like deadly and, you know, spooky and. Yeah. Yeah. Dark. Yeah. It's very clever. No, she pulls it off so well. So, okay, thank you. We're gonna move into just a few Halloween duets or ensembles. And I will kick it off with one that I did with my students just this year. And if they said they wanted to play a duet, I probably would have recommended this one, but they came to me and said, hey, we wanna play in the Hall of the Mountain King. Can we play it as a duet? I'm like, and I, I remember having this as a duet. I don't know, it was an old Michaelis piece of sheet music, you know? But a long time ago, I did this with some other students too. I'm like, you know, you guys could just make your own duet out of it. And so what I did is, um, actually I need a new book of this because I gave my books away, they have it. But they learned a solo of In the Hall of the Mountain King that is found in Faber and Faber's Fun Time Classics 3A and 3B. So they both learned that. And then they come together as I, um, I do 30, 30 minutes. So one is with me for 30 minutes, one is working off bench and then they switch. So we as a committee developed our own and really their own version of In the Hall of the Mountain King as a duet. And of course I gave them lots of ideas and then they were the ones to make all the decisions and put it all together. And I have to say, Charlene, that I have, you know, I have an Instagram channel. And so I posted this as a reel. And this is the closest thing that I've ever had that went viral. I could not believe how many people watch this. And part of it is the fact that during the middle, they get up and move um, to the other side, right? You know, they switch sides, one slides to the primo part, the other one walks around and plays secundo, and then they do it one more time. And then at the end, they cross over and, you know, so they, it, it's pretty fun to watch. So I'll just play a little bit of it, but yeah, the, the video is really the thing um, to watch. So here it is. vamp was one moving out of the way and sliding over and all that kind of stuff. So they had so much fun creating that. Oh my goodness. And you know, they're best friends. So they just felt it together. They practiced it all the time. It was so much fun. That was really fun to watch. I enjoyed watching that video while you played that. That was super. Okay. Well, we'll make sure we link that. So yes, move on to your ensembles that you want to talk about. Okay. I have Transylvania train ride and I'm sorry to say I don't have a recording for this one, but I can show you a little bit of what it is. It's a Win and Rossi uh, one, and it it starts out. We've got this train whistle with the secondo, and then the primos get to do the secondo, and then they get to go, and then primo. very kind of creepy while they're while they're cruising along and then and 
you can just hear this whole creepy, creepy element of, of cruising along in Transylvania. I had a brother and sister play this uh, for the Halloween recital last year, and it was pretty awesome. And what they wear? You know, they dressed for their individual solo pieces, so it didn't match this one. Oh, got it. Okay. They each wrote their own compositions. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, didn't match their. Check- I could see them walk up with a few old suitcases, some ratty suitcases, and then right, or <laughs> like as a train conductor. Right. Oh yes, that'd be cute too. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh? Okay, and then the last one I have is uh, another Stacy Farian. Okay, I have to say, I I pulled this one out and I um, played this with my friend Sue Shiner, and I learned a few things that I didn't know how to do. But I also learned about a word that I didn't know because there's a piece in here called bacchanal, and I didn't even know what that word was. So I looked it up, and it means a drunken brawl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, I really wanted to do the piece anyway. So we decided that we were going to learn it, but we, I retyped it and we just called the piece double trouble, which is the name of the book. And then I, we cut it and put it over the top of it. So the students wouldn't see the title because, you know, like they needed to know that that was the name. Um, but this piece required us to um, strum on the inside of the pianos with a credit card. So I had to like, which was super cool. I'd never done that before. And I had to label on the hammers and I, you had to press down certain, um, certain notes on the keyboard and then strum just those ones and then pluck some of those strings as standing. Anyway, it was really complicated and the rhythms were really hard. So it's a super fun piece, but it was really challenging to learn. So here's, um, here, let's see, let's let you just hear it. And I don't know, you might even want to play most of it because it's pretty amazing. Okay, all right, here we go.
that's a trip. Uh oh. So that was so fun and challenging to learn. Now, like, did you get a video of you playing it? We did. We actually played it on two different recitals, and um, because I I have so many students that I always do two recitals because who wants to sit for? Right. I don't care. How kids are nobody wants to sit for two hours so <laughs> I break them up but um yes and then you know what it was um one of them was definitely better but neither of them sounded as good as that because the counting is so hard and it was so tricky to get all those things um it was really fun to learn and I probably would do it again I learned lots of inspiring to me is, you know, adding some of those effects to the, what she did inside the piano to something more accessible, you know, because she had some really neat sounds going on in there and kids would love to dig inside, you know, with our, our help, but that, that would be so much fun to do. Right. I had never done any of those things. And there were some cool things that I learned to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, super fun. So I would even suggest if you wanted to do some of your teachers out there that want to do something fun, if you have a colleague that you enjoy playing with, you've got time, (laughs) Uh, but you would, this takes a lot of practice, not just on your own, but it takes so much practice um, getting used to doing it together. And um, you have to label your hammers just so you know, you have to label them inside with like colored tape. So you know which ones to pluck the strings just you know otherwise you won't know what to do (laughs) makes sense and you know what's hidden inside there is the 12 bar blues yes (laughs) so a really basic framework and man oh man did she do that up with all kinds of halloween tricks (laughs) yeah so so much fun and i have not played all the duets in this book but she has you know so many options. So if you've got, you know, lots of teacher friends out there and you want something to do yourself, what a good thing to show your students, you know, that you can play too. And if you're afraid to perform by yourself, why not perform a duet with someone? And that's a great way to set a good example for your students. That you know? and you're lucky to have someone close to play duets with because we're not all so fortunate. So Good for you for doing that and stepping out and setting an example for your students. Now, did you did you want to play a little bit of twirling to watch? Should I play just a little bit of that one? You had that oh, one. Oh, right. Yeah, play twirling. That's a nice one too. Okay, and this is also from Stacy Furion. I'm going to stop it here. It says twirling is an exuberant duet based on a 25 beat rhythmic pattern drawn from Bulgarian folk music. The piece uses a Lydian dominant scale that sometimes has a lowered third. So, oh my goodness, all kinds of theory and something more diverse. You know, I was just talking with someone about, you know, how do we find diverse repertoire? Now, obviously this is not accessible to, you know, a lot of our students. So wouldn't it be cool if someone created um, an easy level of a, what, a 25 beat pattern? Oh my goodness. I don't know. That might be a little right. hard. Got it in 7-8 and 11-8, 7-8, 11-8, 7-8, 11-8. Yeah. Right. But 
know what? This would be something that would be fun. Some of these advanced or intermediate pieces would be perfect for you to play as a teacher. Mm-hmm. And you can record the secunda part or the primo part and have a recording going. I mean, it's not like we don't have the technology. You could put even the other part on your phone and jack up the, um, you know, the volume and have that going and then play the other part and perform it that way for your recital if you wanted to. Good idea. Yes. Just, yeah, use your little portable speaker. I've got a little bow. I could do that on my Clavinova. So excellent ideas. Wow. Okay. That is our Halloween list. Now that is by no means complete, but man, oh man, we've got that. That's a pretty darn good list to get people up and running and get inspired. So thank you so much, Charlene. So just as a review, where can we find you? How can we support you and what you do? Oh, well, so I'm part of the TCW, Three Cranky Women, and we have theory and game products that you can get anywhere on um, Sheet Music Plus, but Chose also sells all of our products and you can get them directly from Chose. They'll send them to you at um, Chose.com, but your music store can sell any of our things there too. Also, if you want to find just me, uh, my Instagram handle is um, clubpiano88. And thank you so much. And I'm going to refer everyone back to the episode that you and I had. Uh, we chatted about your club piano and what that all means, because that's a really interesting thing to be thinking about as well. And that is how you get your students to play some of these more advanced pieces, because they are in their club piano and they are practicing 100 days in a row and all that good stuff. It's true. And we're getting ready to start up in two weeks. Yay! Okay, good for you. Well, thank you so much, Charlene. And until next time. You're welcome. Have a good one. Good talking with you. Are you spooked? Don't forget to head to the show notes for the downloadable list Charlene and I have brewed up for you. It includes links to videos and where to purchase the sheet music, along with the titles and the composers. I'm Leela Viss. See you in the trenches with Halloween pieces and plenty of candy in tow.